The Ravens beat the Saints last night 27 to 13. Speak to the media after. Get it together, Lindsay. What's, I apologize. What is happening? Even Danny told me he's like this one. It might have a. It might have a. Uh, some talking over the bed. I'm like, trust me, I oh. tested this bed. Did not test it far enough. Killed it. Yep. All right. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, Ravens beat the Saints yesterday, 27-13. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the stat line of Lamar Jackson throwing for only 133, and the leading receiver for the Ravens, Isaiah Likely, had 24 yards. <laughs> He had 24 yards and was the leading receiver on the team because Lamar Jackson only threw for 133, but he completed a pass to like 10 different yeah. guys yesterday. All for three yards. Yes. Yes. All Devonte Adams stat lines against the Saints, too. Uh, but the Ravens ran for 188. The Ravens are now six and three, and they have had a lead of 10 or more in every single game that they have played. They just have found a way to lose three of right. those. Very Raiders-esque from the Baltimore Ravens, except for, you know, the wins on the other side there. Were you watching the Saints last night continuing to laugh at what happened last week with the Raiders? Like, <laughs> this team just thoroughly dominated them, and they can't get a first down tonight unless Taysom Hill's throwing passes? <laughs> it was just, I was watching the game, like, and it was just like, what, seven days, six days yeah. in between? The Saints are not very good, but... The Raiders somehow went in there and played the worst game. Oh. Like, honestly, we're probably going to look back and it's probably gonna be the worst played game of the entire season by any team was that Raiders yeah. loss to the Saints. Like, the the offensive production is still the worst offensive game that anybody has had this season. The defense wasn't completely atrocious in that game. Like, if they had given up 48, then it definitely would have been the worst of the season. But that was horrific all the way around. Um, the Saints, though, despite being bad, despite being 3-6, and six, despite not ever wanting to bench Andy Dalton for some reason... Uh, they're only one game behind the Bucks and the Falcons in the <laughs> NFC South. Some great leagues out there. <laughs> you sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? Jay Glazer reported that Dan Snyder wants $7 billion for the Commanders. Yeah, he doesn't want to sell this. So now he's coming up with ridiculous numbers. So the Broncos sold for $4.65 billion this year. Um, I think that's I think that's a good point from you that Dan Snyder is putting the team up for sale. But if he asks for a number that he knows nobody no, will pay, that. he'll come back and say, guys, I, I tried to sell. I tried, but nobody wants to buy the commanders for yeah. $7 billion. Like that's again, the Broncos sold for 4.65 billion. We're talking about a ridiculous number above that. And I'm not, are the commanders, should they even be worth more than the Broncos? Hmm. I'm not. I mean, I'm getting into markets and market shares and all of that. But I'm not. So, they're put it this way: they're not almost three billion dollars worth right. more than the like, than the Broncos. They're in D.C. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which matters, but it's an organization that hasn't been any good for a long time. It's an organization that you're taking over that's under investigation, right? And the Broncos are seem to be a decent organization, right? Yeah. I mean, that's they can't find a quarterback since Peyton Manning left, but they seem to be a competent organization. It just there's no way they get seven billion for no, that team. No, not even close. Yeah. But he, that's why he's putting it up there. It's preposterous. Yeah, it's a good question. The Raiders signed Sidney Jones. He's a cornerback that was with the Seahawks earlier this season, played in three games. He's played in fifty over his entire career. First with the Eagles, then Jacksonville, yeah. and then Seattle. Four career picks in those fifty. Put Diablo games. on the IR. Um does Sidney Jones make a difference? No. Or is this just another corner that's out there not impacting I mean, I, I wins? Think just by his numbers and, and what he's done, maybe just another corner. I think he's just another corner. 
would appear to be the situation here. If you're the Raiders, I think you're willing to take a chance. Well, on, I'm not saying don't sign him. Right. I think you're taking a chance here because you need you need something anywhere, right? right. Like, if we did offense and defense, how many times has there been a big play the last two weeks? Well, you had the uh, car to Devontae bomb for the touchdown. Right. Nothing the week before. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember who they played before that. Yeah, so like... Devontae Adams had, what was it, 80 yards in the first quarter and then 100 and, what did he end up with, 140, I think, Mm -hmm. in that game? Uh, Obviously, there were a handful of big plays for Devontae Adams in that game. Josh Jacobs, the last two weeks, has had maybe two sort of big runs or something like that. That's kind of been it for the offense. And then defensively, they don't have a sack the last two weeks, right? No, they got the Crosby recovery of the fumble. That's right, yes. Um, That's Did they get a pick? I don't think so. They don't. Do they have an interception the last two weeks? I'm pretty certain they don't. Okay. So, like, you're looking at, like, who's going to just make a big play? Like, I'm not even talking about, like, just winning a game. Not even like, oh, fourth quarter game's on the line. Go get the quarterback in, in the game. Not even that. Just make one, like, in the second quarter with seven minutes to go or something. Like, there just haven't been big plays the last You're not two talking weeks. about when the game's already sealed, Deron Harmon to get a pick six, right? <laughs> no. And that game was over. Yeah, maybe... Uh, Maybe do it before the game's over or to, to win the game or something to win the like game. that. Yeah, that'd be helpful, too. Next question. Josh Allen has an elbow injury. Uh, apparently, there it's a UCL injury, but the severity's not known. Josh Allen said he has slight pain, said he plans to work through it and play this week. You the UCL are not good not good letters for uh, for a guy with a with an arm injury or an elbow injury. So, yeah, there hasn't been the actual update on what the injury is, but I when I read this, I was like this is this is like season changing injury, mm-hmm. right? If we're talking about Josh Allen either a missing time because he's hurt or even if he doesn't miss time and he just plays through an elbow injury the rest of the year, are the Bills still top of the league type good, right? I think that's a genuine, like, this changes the outlook yeah. of the season. Obviously, they lost to the Jets, too. That doesn't help. But you start looking around who's good, who can win the Super Bowl and all that. It's been, you know, Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. It's sort of been that top tier this year and in the NFL. All right. Eagles, and Bills, one. and Chiefs have been that top tier. If Josh Allen is, is not 100%, they might drop down to a tier with the Vikings uh, <sighs> instead of being in that top tier. Second tier. That's better How than dare you. You, you would have taken that at the beginning at, of the year. Look at the chains on Kirk's neck. You like, would have taken that at the beginning Adam of the year. Adam Schefter had his shirt off on Monday Night Football. You What'd don't you get that inspo. That? I mean, real recognizes real, I guess. Does it, does it really? <laughs> I'm just, you know what, Shefty? I, I give him credit for going for it. I really do. I gave him credit. Yeah. Millions, I, of, uh, millions of people. Yeah. I give national credit. TV. You're yeah, like, national I'm, I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm going to impersonate yeah. one of the nerdiest guys in this league. I hey, chef to credit. Literally Uncle Kirkin it up out there. Listen, it could have been millions of people. Everybody was watching UNLV play Southern University instead. So, come yeah. on. Nobody's watching that Monday that on night television? Eh, if you try hard enough. If you have Cox Cable, it's on TV. Well, I didn't get it. Yeah. If you have a... <laughs> If you have a direct TV, you got to go to the online Mountain West Network and watch that. Yeah. Which you can get on your TV. That's a lot of steps, man. Come on, man. Come on. It's 2022. No, it's, a ste- it's a lot of steps. I, I watch Netflix instead. Great question. Thank you. Edwin Diaz is staying with the Mets. He signed a five-year, $102 million contract. Uh, best closer in baseball this year. He is going to be 29 next season, so still not uh, on the other side of 30. Do you believe 
that the Mets are going to regret that signing. That's a lot of money for a closer. 29 to be 34. Oh, he's so good, though. But I think that's a lot of money for a closer. So regret, hot take, I'll say they, uh, at the in the end, they look back and regret giving him that much money. Hot take, they regret it in 2024. Um, the most volatile position in baseball is reliever. That's that's the thing that's hardest to predict from a year-to-year basis. And if you are giving big money on a long-term deal to a reliever, that's setting yourself up for that player to not be good or not be worth the contract. Most volatile position in the sport. I think it'd be... I'd be more surprised on a five-year deal if Edwin Diaz has three years as good as he just had over the next five. That, to me, would be surprising, even for... The guy who's the best. I mean, look at what was Craig Kimbrell for the Dodgers this year. Come on, you're bringing that up. Right, didn't even make the postseason roster. You're bringing that up. That was that. That's what happens with relievers. So I think Diaz. He's still probably gonna. He's not gonna be Craig Kimbrell, but he's still gonna be fine. But I highly doubt he's gonna be worth the five years, hundred two million dollars over that five year span. That's a great, great question. Giant safety Xavier McKinney hurt his hand in an ATV accident. He was in Cabo during the bye week. Oh and was God. on a guided sightseeing tour. Aren't there things in contracts that preclude this kind yes. of nonsense and like this playing around? Not for Xavier McKinney. Or we don't know that. Maybe he <laughs> went against the contract and now he's got to be, uh, he's got to come back and tell the bosses what happened. How, okay, that to me is the interesting part here. And it's the Giants too. Like hand injuries have been a thing away from the field. <laughs> right? You would think that they would probably smarten up with that with the Jason Pierre Paul thing. Remember that when he was in the hospital and then the, the team officials showed up? He's like, you can't come in my room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he plays fly- fine. He won a Super Bowl title. Who cares? At, uh, at least he wasn't shooting fireworks in Capo. But I, I am curious how did this call go from Xavier McKinney? Or when did to the this bosses? call happen and be like, hey, guys. Or did he just come back? I he, he might have. Do you think he went to a hospital in Mexico? Oh my god. He might have just he he might have just come back. He might have he just might have sucked just said, it up for however yeah, long his exactly, trip was and just like, came back and was like, "Hey, look at this." And like, "Xavier, what's wrong with your hand? I why is just, it two why, times bigger why than is the it other two one? times bigger than Why do you have it wrapped?" I could just feel the stomach drop when you realize what you've done like at the seconds after the accident yes. and just being like, "I have to tell my coaches everything could be yep. up in the air now." And it's just the instant regret from it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Well, he's riding an ATV. It's, it's doing in the off season. Could have been worse. Could have been more than just his hand. That's true. No, great, great question. Kawhi Leonard now has an indefinite timeline for his return. He has played just two games this year. Uh, he has missed eight straight. He is coming back from an ACL injury. This guy's not right, man. And it's going to hurt them. And I'll tell you one thing. I mean... I think it's, we talked about this before, if it's, is it fair he'll ever be the same? I mean, he's had a knee injury after knee injury. Um, I, I don't know if it's ever going to be the same. Uh, reconstructive ACL is obviously not, he's obviously not healthy. Uh, and this hurts them a lot. You know, everyone said before the season they were the team to beat, but I think they're six and five right now. Paul George has to score 35 a night for them to win. So this isn't good for them. Hey, they did win last night. Um, yeah, they came back and beat uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So, the interesting part on Kawhi Leonard, I think, A, the, the long-term thing is, is he ever going to be Kawhi Leonard again, right? Are we ever talking about Kawhi as one of the five best players, players in the, the league, world, right? Yeah. A guy who can go to Toronto and completely change right. that franchise, even though he's only there for one year. Is he ever that again? That's the long-term picture with Kawhi. 
for this Clippers team, the question is, how do you get them ready for the postseason? Right? Because you, the Clippers you are, the Clippers should still be in the playoffs, right? They should still be in the right. top six and right. not have to go through the play-in round. So even if you end up as like the five or the six seed as the Clippers, if you told the Clippers right now, hey, you're the six seed, but Kawhi Leonard is 100% ready to go for game one of the postseason, you would take that right now. Yes, yes. Because even as the six seed, which means you got to win all your series on the road or without home court advantage, you're still signing up for that because... Kawhi and Paul George is a top-end duo that's good enough, plus the depth they have, which win is series. potentially the best in the NBA. You could be the NBA champion as a six seed, but I don't know how realistic it is that you get there. I don't know how realistic that we get to the beginning I mean, of the playoffs. And can't Kawhi's even get the game right now. Right. It's only November, so there's plenty right. of time. But when you are supposedly coming back from this injury, you're able to play two games and only play like 20 minutes in each of those games and then miss eight straight and the team is like, well, we got to take it slow. It's indefinite. We don't know when it'll be back. Like, it just seems, even though it's still, what, five, six months away from the playoffs being here, it still just seems like, all right, how uh, how likely is it that this guy is right. able to play in the postseason? And if he is, is he able to be the, hey, the you're Kawhi out there Leonard for, that he's supposed to be. And you're out there for 35 minutes, right? Because right? if the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, but he can only play 20 minutes a night, you're not winning the NBA title, no. right? You need him to be, hey, we can put him on the floor for... 30 minutes. Yeah, 42 minutes for a game in the postseason because you don't want to take your best players off the floor. And I don't know how realistic it is that that happens for the Clippers in the postseason. All right, coming up next, we'll get into some baseball as uh, nobody in this city really wants to give the A's any money. And that is hammered deep to left field. Going back, Williams at the wall, looking up. See you later. Off the community leader's side. Jose Altuve's 12th home run of the year is a three-run blast. Astros' lead is 8-4. to four. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Do you want to win $15,000? That could be rent or mortgage for a year. ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy, are coming together to give you a chance to win $15,000 to help cover your rent or mortgage or Whatever you want to do with that $15,000. All you have to do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com. That's lvsportsnetwork.com and enter for your chance to win $15,000 from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. Must be 18 or older to enter. Complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Now, on the chance of the A's coming to Vegas, Mick Akers of the RJ had a story yesterday that basically stated nobody here wants to give the A's any public money. A couple of quotes from Steve Sisolak. He said, we, referring to the state, we can't build any more stadiums. We built one, Allegiant. We contributed to one. Whether it's infrastructure that we can help with, exit on ramps, we're putting a lot of money into the Tropicana interchange to get ready for Allegiant. We can help with that sort of thing. Uh, Mick Akers also wrote, if area officials do not offer public funds, the A's plan to begin relocation talks with other markets, the source indicated. Um, It's election time. So, all right, let me ask you on the election side of this, because that's been mentioned a few times in some of these stories about the A's. Election's over. Regardless of who wins, does this talking point change? The idea that we can't give public money to the A's, does that change once elections are done and people are locked into their government positions for however long their term That's is? A great question because you know how Sisolak feels about sports. Right. Like so and he loves 
I mean, look, he's he's the governor, so it should be more than this. But he loves the Knights. He loves the Raiders. Um, loves the idea of, uh, you know, and he's talked about this, about Vegas becoming the sports capital of the world. He already thinks it is. So if you're asking me post-election he wins, all of a sudden there's a change in temperature. Like, I guess I wouldn't fall over. I would say because the A's in Vegas have been talked about for, we're going on like two years now. Sisolak was saying from the beginning, like two years ago. So the legislature right? was as well. Yes, right. That yes. we're not, we're, we don't really want to give right. public money. And that was before election season, before he said it on our season. show. Right. So this isn't suddenly, uh oh, I, I'm, people got to vote for me. I'm not going right. to say anything about giving public money. He has been saying this for multiple years now. But I, but again, if you win the election and all of a sudden maybe that changes because you, nobody has to vote for you anymore, you got all the votes or whatever. I am curious if that changes, although I don't think it will. Um, I don't think it should. Now, on the A's side, when Steve Sisolak says we can help with infrastructure, right? We can help build on-ramps or off-ramps at the highway for wherever your stadium ends up going. I don't think that's enough for them. I'm guessing it's not. Uh, we haven't heard the A's actually say that's, that is or is we not enough. We haven't heard them say much of anything. Right. So, But I, I assume... The A's wouldn't move to Vegas if all they got was, hey, we'll redo the Tropicana exit right. or, or whatever, was the festival grounds, whatever exit that is for the festival grounds. But I can't, I can't imagine they'd move here if that's all they got from Nevada or Las Vegas or whatever. So the other question here, and we, we've had this veiled threat last week too. What other markets the A's going to? When Mick writes in there, if area officials don't offer public funds, the A's plan to begin relocation talks with other markets. I mean, the one that was always mentioned when Las Vegas came up was Portland. I don't know Portland's elected officials well enough to where they would turn around and give them public money for it. Neither do I know San Antonio's, and that's another city that's been mentioned. So I'm not going to pretend to know their public officials well enough. But if they're they, look, they want public money. There's no question about that. How much they want, like you just said, we don't know because they've never said out loud. But if it's only infrastructure that we would give to them. I don't think that would be enough. So I think Portland and San Antonio, you take your shots there. Dave Cavill starts getting on southwest of Portland every day. And he starts. <laughs> He's going to be a lot of trailblazer. Boy, I'll tell you what. Talk about A-list preferred. <laughs> that guy's going to be A-1 on every one of his trips. Um, no, I think he starts I think he starts looking at other markets to see, who. look, who's going to give us money. If you are, let's take Portland as an example. If you are Portland and <clears throat> you see the A's struggle in Oakland, can't get public money there. People in Las Vegas, like Steve Sisolak, say, we're not giving them any money, right? We'll, we'll build an on-ramp for them on the highway, but we're not giving them any money. And then Dave Cobble shows up in your town. Is there any chance you're giving this guy money? Well, you know where I stand on it, so I don't get public money for stadiums. Right, but if you're so Portland. If, if, if I'm Portland. Like, do you, do you look at it as, oh, we could get a Major League Baseball team. We could have two pro sports teams in Along Portland. with the Blazers. Right, if we just give them something. Or do you look at it and say... You don't have any other options, dude. Like, why would we give you money? Right. I, I'm curious what Portland's response would be because it would be a chance for Portland to get their second uh, major professional sports team, but it's also somebody that has been rejected in Oakland, probably going to be rejected here, right. now turning to their third option. Would you really be that? Uh, I mean, we didn't think they had that. leverage. We didn't think it was leverage here. Never mind leverage if you're going to a third city. Well, it's it, here's the thing with that with that uh, line from Mick Akers that um, the A's plan to begin relocation talks with other markets if they don't get money from Vegas. 
they're now trying to use Portland as leverage against yeah. Las Vegas. Like yeah. that's basically saying, hey, if you like don't they give use us Las money, Vegas as leverage against Oakland, right? If you don't give us money, we're going to go f- try to find it from somewhere right. else. So, end of the day, the A's. Do they end up having to build and pay for their own stadium or ballpark? Uh, I'm going to say no because I think eventually someone's going to give them money to have them. In Oakland? Yeah, I've always thought it was going to be. You and I have always thought yeah. it was going to end up in Oakland anyway. I, But I am curious here. Now, because, the election there is going to have a big deal as well because right. I, don't, I think she's on term, right? Her, her I think Libby Schaaf's done. Yeah, her term's done. Right. That, I think, is that that is an interesting point is what happens in, in Oakland's elections and are the people elected there? Do they care about baseball? Do they want right, to give right. a baseball team money? Maybe it's great for the A's. Maybe it's terrible for the A's. I have no idea. But I, I am curious if there becomes a point where the A's decide nobody wants us. <laughs> we have to build our own ballpark. Be fascinating to see if they ever get to that point because uh, Stan Kroenke did it with the Rams when they moved to Los Angeles. I don't believe they took any public money no, to build so. that stadium. And I think... Feel I think I might be missing one, but I think that's the the only like recent new professional stadium that was built with no public money. Almost every other one has been built. Well, with they some, wanted that's the whole idea, right? They some form of public exactly. money. And I'm curious if the A's at any point would decide Vegas doesn't want us, Portland won't give us any money, San Antonio, the only city we can get to give us money is in Montana, and we can't move there. Uh, like I'd be curious to see if they'd ever decide we just need to build our own ballpark and right. suck it up, or we're just going to keep playing to the Coliseum boys. Keep on showing up. One other thing on this. This is what this has annoyed me for a while um, from our side in Las Vegas. When Steve Sisolak says we can't build any more stadiums, we built one, Allegiant. We contributed to that one. What if, hear me out here, a publicly funded stadium had been built to host football and baseball? What if we didn't give the Raiders 100% control of scheduling events? <laughs> we could have built our one stadium with public money. And had two professional sports teams in it. But instead, we gave the Raiders $750 million. And they built that stadium. It's too narrow for soccer. Concerts suck because the sound sucks. The sound system's brutal. And they built it to where baseball can't be hosted there. We could have had a stadium that actually could host any sport. But instead, it can really only host one. There will be soccer games played there, but it's not a great experience. But it can really only host one, and that's football. And it's because not only did we give the Raiders all of this money, we gave them complete control of everything. And I don't know that this has actually been publicly said, and I don't know that it ever would, but I would 100% believe that the Raiders said when building that, make sure we can't play baseball here. However you have to build it, make sure it's not even an option. That's interesting to see if they would have said that. Not even an option to play baseball here. Like, well, you knew what they felt about the A's. Right, because they so, were, they were moving away from the Coliseum yeah, where they shared they with the A's. knew how they felt about the A's. And they were an NFL team in the 20s. I don't think they want 10s. the A's to come here. Right. Oh, absolutely not. If you're the Raiders and you're given that control, you absolutely take it. And you say, no chance the A's are ever right. playing in, all, in our stadium. We're going to pour so much concrete that they can't have a right field or whatever the hell they're I don't even do. think they want them to come here and sit on the Tropicana site. No. I don't, I don't think they want them here. No, not at all. So, But that is from a city, state, county standpoint – we absolutely screwed up because would the A's come and play in Allegiant Stadium? Maybe, maybe not. But conceivably, we could have both of those teams right now playing in the same stadium. But we allowed the Raiders too much control and it didn't happen. All right. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Ravens coming up on the 11th play of this drive. Jackson will keep it. Sweeps to the right, looking to throw. Now he lobs it. the 10. He's got a man open. Touchdown, Ravens. Isaiah Likely. 
slipped behind the secondary, and the Ravens strike first in New Orleans. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Uh, all right, Charles, if you are an assistant coach for the Indianapolis Colts, are you showing up to work this week? Uh, not without a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? Like, I mean, if we're, just, if, we're, if we're giving out money to anybody who is, I mean, really just anybody who's just been associate, associated with the Colts, well, I work there now. I'm associated with the Colts, so <laughs> why, why can't I get a raise? If if the bar is absolutely zero experience coaching high school, or excuse me, he has high school coaching experience, uh, coaching college or the NFL, then uh, then literally every single person on that staff should be asking for pay rates. Other other than that, like this is just <laughs> it's crazy. Like I, everyone I talked to yesterday, they all had the same reaction. Like when that. Adam Schefter notification came off on their phone or someone told them about it, they had to be like, no, 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 this is real. Is, is this the uh, Adarn Schefter account? Is this is it like that weird seven emoji that's uh, pretending to be a fake blue check mark? Uh, I, I still am having a hard time uh, wrapping my head around it. And I would just love to know, <laughs> what's, what's the real timeline on how this happened? Uh, because someone shared, shared with me yesterday that Jeff Jeff Saturday, as of like really early yesterday morning, he was on the radio talking about how bad the Colts' <laughs> offensive line was. So I, I can't imagine that if he knew later in the day he would be doing a press conference saying that he was the uh, the interim head coach, that he would have you know gone out on the radio and and you know slandered the team he's now coaching. I would love to know like the real timeline on this, and also. Did Jim Ursay call Peyton Manning first and Peyton Manning declined? Because I, because if I'm going through the list of who of former Colts, I think Jim Ursay would, you know, just wake up on Sunday morning or Monday morning and say, "I gotta have you." I feel like Peyton Manning will come before Jeff Saturday, but you know, Peyton Manning's got his broadcasting career going on. Jeff Saturday, I guess. Hey, coaching the team is probably more fun than being on Get Up every morning. So, uh, let's see what happens. But yeah, that that was absolutely insane. I love the fact that Saturday recently put out the tweet, the Raiders look horrible in his first games against the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong, but... <laughs> no, I mean, he wasn't wrong. We're not ripping him for being wrong. There's no, no question about but, that. But the team that you're you're going on, <laughs> you're about to start Sam Ellinger. I mean, <laughs> okay, I, I feel like an underrated... Well, I don't even know if it's underrated, but the theme of the cold season, it just has to be Jim Ursay just losing it every single week. Every, every week that... You know, they lose a game. It seems like someone's getting fired. Matt Ryan, Marcus Brady, who didn't even call plays. Frank Reich now. He says that uh, he says that Chris Ballard is safe, but literally like nine days ago, he said he wouldn't even think about firing Frank Reich. So uh, whatever whatever he says about Chris Ballard doesn't mean anything. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just surprised that, you know, if, we're, if we are to take Jim Ursay at his word with the press conference yesterday... <laughs> The plan is for Jeff Saturday to be like the long-term head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, which is crazy. Like, he's, he's never coached at the NFL level. He's never coached at the college level. He hasn't coached high school football for two years. I I I, I would just love to know. Uh, well, I guess I guess I would love to have a cam on Jim Ursay in the 24 hours before he made this decision. <laughs> Did he sleep before? He decided to call up all the old Colts to see who wanted to 
to coach the team. <laughs> All right. What do you think the hiring of Jeff Saturday, even in, in just an interim role, what does that mean for, let's say, somebody like Eric Bieniemy, who is a minority assistant coach who has a, interviewed for seemingly every open head coaching job for the last five years? What does that mean to Eric Bieniemy when he can't get the same shot, the same opportunity that Jeff Saturday gets, who was on ESPN radio the day of? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty sinister. Like, that part of this is uh, not funny at all. Uh, and I, I think, you, shoot, not even Eric Bieniemy, like, Two weeks ago, so they, they had Marcus Brady as the offensive coordinator uh, of the Colts. He's a he's a black guy for people who are are not uh, familiar with the name. And, I mean, even going into this year, uh, you need to talk to people about uh, who, who could be, like, the next, you know, Nick Sirianni or, you know, Arthur Smith, whatever, where, you know, you have this offensive-minded guy who comes in and gets hired and, and, and runs a team. Uh, and people would say Marcus Brady. I mean, even <laughs> up until this summer, uh, the Colts thought the world of Marcus Brady. And I'm sure some of the people there uh, still do, given the way it was fired. So, you know, just from an optics standpoint, um, you 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 fire Marcus Brady because the offense was bad. Marcus Brady doesn't even call plays. That was Frank Wright's job. So basically got scapegoated there. And then you fire Frank Wright. And now to to replace Frank Wright, you just get Jeff Saturday into an interim role, and he's never even coached at the NFL level before. Uh, like, if you want to talk about guys getting opportunities, and I'm not saying that this Colts job is a great opportunity for someone like Marcus Brady, but it is an opportunity. You know, like, I, I've, I've talked to people over the past couple of days where they're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if Marcus Brady, if he had gotten that head coaching job that it would have turned into – something like fruitful for him long-term just based on how chaotic the season has been. You know, my pushback has been, Hey, <laughs> you got to take these opp opportunities where they come. Uh, even if it's something as bad as the Coles job, I mean, look, there's only 32 of these jobs in the world. Uh, and you know, only three or four or five of them will come open uh, in any given year. So if you have a chance to even just audition for it, I think it's something uh, that you have to do. And I would, re I would recommend that for anybody, like regardless uh, of their race or, or background like that. But when you talk about how difficult it can be for, you know, black coaches and minority coaches to get these roles, like here's your example right here. Marcus Brady three months ago was thought of as uh, an upcoming uh, offensive mind, someone who had head coach potential. And now in the span of two weeks, he's been fired and, not even given the chance to be the interim coach in favor of a guy who has never coached before. Uh, that that's look that that's as plain as I can make it for you right there. Uh, and if you don't see a problem with what has just happened, then I'm, I guess you just don't want to because uh, you know this is what coaches have been screaming about. I say this personally as a black person. I find it hard to believe if Jeff Saturday was black <laughs> that he would have gotten called up for this job this week. I mean, Reggie Wayne is on the staff uh, in Indianapolis right now. He's got all the same qualifications that Jeff Saturday does, except he's actually coached in the NFL and been around his team for the whole season. So uh, if, if if Jim Ursay wanted a former player, like you have one right there, that's not going to get people coming at your head about the Rooney rule. Uh, and, and, and to be fair to the Colts, the, the Rooney rule uh, doesn't imply uh, to the interim situations like we're seeing uh, with Jeff Saturday. But when you come out and you say in your press conference that, 
you expect Jeff Saturday to be the long-term head coach of the team, like you're going to have to answer some questions about your process and, uh, you know, having a minority interviews for your staff. Because now if, you, if you're going to come out and say that right after uh, you, you hire him, well, when we get to, to January and you you have to have like these crap interviews just to satisfy the green rule, why should anyone take that? It, it's a, uh, it's, it's a slap in the face. I think people who have really been working hard and try to climb their way up the ladder and, uh, it, it's baffling to me that they would just give the keys of a rebuild to someone who's never coached before. Charles McDonald with us. Uh, so who do the Raiders hire as interim head coach after they lose to Sam Ellinger and Jeff Saturday this weekend? <laughs> I don't know, because look, if, if you've managed to lose to this Colts team, I think you need to fire like everybody. Like, like <laughs> call Roger Goodell, say, hey, we need to retroactively you know, reinstall the, the trade deadline. Can we go back to week nine? Look, we'll ship off Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs. They'll, all you guys get to go play for real teams because we lost the Colts and Jeff Saturday. Clearly, we aren't it. Uh, look, I, I, I don't even know if there should be an interim situation. Like, any team – how about this? For the rest of the season, any team that loses to the Colts, you're gone. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, just, you're out of here for you're, – you're on suspension for a year. We'll, we'll beef up the talent in the league, and then maybe you can come back into, like, uh, a developmentary league in a few years when we've decided to not shame you for losing to this Colts team. Are you surprised Davis said no matter what, he's not firing him? Um, uh, not really, because the, is Mark Davis someone who really wants to pay to have a coach not be there? Um, and I, I know, like, it, it, it's a tough spot because – when you've invested into a team that that's supposed to win now, and especially when you blow a game like you did against the Jaguars this weekend, I, I think there does have to be some thought on if you're going to let them go. But you know, these owners like they they don't really love paying someone to not work for them. So I'd imagine that that uh, Josh McDaniels is still going to be there next year. All right, uh, Charles. Before we let you go, what chances do the Falcons have of winning the division? Oof. I mean, look, I, I would. I, I know last night was not great for the Colts. I mean, excuse me, not for the Colts. Excuse me, the Saints. Uh, but look, all of these teams are, are really bad uh, in in the NFC South. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina. Carolina, that loss puts them at two and seven. Probably knocks them out of of the race. But even then, like <laughs> it's still only two games out from uh from the division lead in the nfc south so i'll give each team an equal 25 percent chance and whoever <laughs> plays in the wild card game look dude, this is the only division in the nfl where every single team has a negative point differential uh the, the buccaneers are at minus two after their win this weekend uh the falcons are at minus eight the saints at minus 15 and the panthers are at minus 49 i mean any of those teams could could you know, slop it up and win, get to the wild cry round of the playoffs, and then get absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys. Yeah, it'll be fun. He's Charles McDonald from Yahoo. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. All right, talk to you next week. So, Charles McDonald, follow him on Twitter at 4Verts and check out his work at Yahoo on the NFL. But now, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see Kevin Hart Reality Check Tour, we've got tickets. Uh, for Friday, November 18th, an 8 o'clock show at Resorts World Theater. 
702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want a pair of tickets to go see Kevin Hart. Lindsay, what number do you want to pick up? Five? No, we got to do more than five. Come on. 35? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Let's no. do seven. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 11. I'm going to make you answer four more than you actually want. 702-364-1100. Caller 11 is going to win tickets to go see Kevin Hart. 702-364-1100. Expense of the U.S. That one is bashed sideways by Salcedo. Herrera had to be alert to it. Now Ochoa. And it's knocked off. Oh, my goodness. It's 2 nil Honduras. Luis Palma, former teammate of David Ochoa. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Hey, the World Cup starts this month. Honduras. Oh, yeah, you're excited. Honduras is not there. The United States is. Um, when is their first game? I believe it's November 21st. I think that's Against? Uh, first game is Wales. Wales. Yeah. And then Wales. They play, then they play England the day after Thanksgiving. And then shortly after that, they play I- Iran. And right. hopefully then they play a knockout stage game or four. I think that's how many it would take to get the World Cup final. That'd be fun. Um, they could also be 0-3. Uh, no, Ed. No, they cannot be 0-3 because that will be very sad. <laughs> Let's hope the English goalie be, has another gap. I didn't gap, say be sad right? or not. I'm just saying they could be. No, not not an option, Ed. Uh, I believe today, maybe it's tomorrow. Today or tomorrow, we're going to get the roster for the World Cup announced by the United States. Some countries have already done it, but uh, today or tomorrow, we'll get the actual announcement of the roster for the World Cup, and, and people can yell about who Greg Berhalter is taking or not taking. Uh, but Fenway Sports Group, uh, oh, the man. owner of the Red Sox. They have put Liverpool up for sale. They own one of the best teams in England. Bought them back in 2010. They have put them up for sale. They've hired a couple of banks to help them sell the team. Though they're not fully committing, apparently, to saying, yes, we're for sure selling. Uh, they're phrasing it more as, hey, we're taking offers. And we're going to see what people would offer. Uh, since Fenway bought Liverpool in 2010, they've won both the Premier League and the Champions League. Um but here was my main question on this. Is Fenway Sports Group selling Liverpool because they're going to buy an NBA expansion? Oh, I thought yes. you were going to say so they could buy the MLS team here. Because <laughs> wasn't this our friend? Isn't this Seth Klarman? No, no, this is not Klarman. This, this is, is not. I thought he was Fenway Sports. No, Seth Klarman is something else. Oh. Yeah. All right. I thought he was Fenway no, no. Sports. That's my I bad. think they're stancing to buy an NBA team in this town. So Bill Simmons had the report, I guess you'd call it, uh, a few months ago, that Fenway Sports Group was going to be the owners of the expansion team in Las Vegas in the NBA, and that LeBron James would be the general manager and would be a part owner of the expansion team in Las Vegas in the NBA. Um, do you believe at all that this could be related? Uh, I'm... I'm not going to say no because you and I have talked about this, that LeBron's not going to be able to buy this thing himself and he's going to yeah. have to have major investors and this would be a major investor. This would be a lead investor with the money in terms of how much they're going to get if they sell Liverpool and how much they could put into an NBA team. So this this would make sense if you said down the line that, that uh, Fenway Sports would be the majority owner and LeBron would have a stake in it. I think to me the big problem, it makes sense from a, in terms of, hey, you know, we need to generate some money because we're going to have to pay a – three billion dollar expansion fee or whatever the hell Adam Silver ends up charging. But if I was in a group or the head of a group that owns sports teams, because they also own the Red Sox and they own the Pittsburgh Penguins as well, 
I would rather own Liverpool than an NBA expansion team. Well, how much is Liverpool worth? You'd know that. I off the top of my head, I don't know, but it's billions. Right. It's one of the most it's yeah. one of the biggest soccer brands in the world. Right. And billions. If, if you get an NBA expansion team, like Yes, the NBA is big, like it's big time in the United States, but Liverpool is going to be bigger than any NBA yes, expansion team in exactly. Vegas. So I would much rather own Liverpool than whatever NBA team here. Like if my options were, hey, I can't just afford an NBA expansion team to add to my portfolio of the so Red I have Sox, to sell the something Penguins, off. and Liverpool, I wouldn't be selling off Liverpool. I don't know. Maybe they're losing money. I don't know. Maybe the, Maybe they're like, we're not making enough over here. But I feel like I'd rather have Liverpool than the NBA team for sure. So that to me is a weird one where it'd be like, all right, we're going to sell off like the most valuable thing we own because we're going to get a new NBA Are people team guessing at Vegas. this or were there reports? This is me guessing at it. There's I mean, a that, higher ceiling for the NBA though. Like the soccer, I think so. Right now, starting a brand new NBA franchise in this town and the international appeal that it would have, they're trying to make it, you know, like what we say, Lakers East, where there's just this giant fan base across the world. I think it stances really well. But Liverpool already has that. I know, but like the ceiling of an NBA isn't team big here, here is, though. But NBA basketball is. Yeah, but like the ceiling of an NBA team in Vegas is what Liverpool is right globally. Now. Yeah, Liverpool. Like, Based off of our current understanding, sports are different now. Now we're paying <laughs> Tom Brady a quarter of a billion dollars to not be on TV yet. Just as long as you uh, don't buy a hockey team, those don't work out for you. No. Do you think? Bill Foley regrets buying Bournemouth already. But now that he could have bought Liverpool. Now that Liverpool's yeah. for yeah. sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have the cash. Is he looking around saying, oh, man, I could have bought a team that's yeah. actually good and not a team that's going to be uh, relegated? Yeah, which might actually happen here. And I need to look this up really quick because Liverpool might actually be in some, or Bournemouth, I mean, might, they are uh, 17th Bournemouth is. 18th and down get relegated. They are one point ahead of relegation. They also have the worst expected goal differential in the Premier League. So they've outperformed their... Bill hasn't really gotten involved yet, though. <laughs> By the time he, he gets involved, involved, they're, they're going to be, be in the second division. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to be... Actually... Uh, I can't remember who reported it, but there was a detail. His price to pay gets cut by like $25 million if they do get relocated. 